the impudence, the audacity, the unmitigated gall of those knuckleheads of liberty podcasters daring to voice opinions outside the mainstream of accepted thought. Listen, if you dare, it's angry, it's funny, it's even sometimes sad, but it's always based on freedom and justice, as you will see. Here's our host, Jason McPhee. It is April 17th, 2023, and welcome to the Knuckleheads of Liberty. We're bringing you the people and the organizations fighting for liberty around the country and in your region. Uh, among the topics we're going to be discussing today are uh, the big issues about data and public policy and why the Biden administration always seems to uh, not like American fossil fuels over uh, foreign fossil fuels. I don't quite understand the distinction, but before we get into that, let me introduce you to our panel. In our upper left-hand corner, we have Leon Ward Brathwaite, last word in Liberty. He is a retired engineer in the state of California. And in our lower left-hand corner, we have our screaming eagle of freedom, Tim Everett. He is a pilot in the state of California. And joining us in our right-hand corner today is uh, Jim Lakely, Vice President and Director of Communications for the Heartland Institute, a free market think tank that focuses on the environment and energy, among other topics. Um, and we did a recent energy, uh, or excuse me, we did a recent interview with him uh, that you can check out as well if you want to learn a little more about the Heartland Institute and what they do. Uh, so, but uh, I guess let's jump right into it. So, uh, you know, data, what, what, what can you trust? You know, there's all these public policy, they're trying to encroach on our freedoms constantly. And James, our invisible hand, maybe you could bring this up. Um, yeah, you know, we, we saw this most recently with COVID, right? I mean, it's uh, uh, essentially the experts just lied to us in some cases, you know, and this is uh, literally slight here, you know, acknowledging that uh, uh, Tony Fauci lied on some things, but they think his lies were nor noble, so that's okay. Um, but uh, it's it's actually kind of crazy. I mean, you even had uh, Robert Redfield, former CDC director, saying that, hey, look, what the NIH and Tony Fauci did were antithetical to science, and he said that in front of Congress. So, I mean, this isn't just people outside the government who are concerned with what the government is doing. This is people who are literally inside the government and the mechanisms of it are saying, hey, what the heck is going on here? Uh, this is some uh, crazy stuff that's going on. And of course, uh, you know, if you recall during the whole COVID thing, uh, Fauci and Collins were communicating with them, each other, talking about how they were going to silence people who weren't on board with their narrative. Um, they, they, they were talking about the uh, um, Jay Bhattacharya and some other scientists scientists who were talking about, hey, maybe lockdowns aren't the best way to go. And he said uh, it, there needs to be a quick and devastating published takedown of its premises when they were talking about Jay Bhattacharya and a few of the other guys he had signed on who were, uh, you know, very well respected scientists out there. Um, so and of course, we've we've come to find out that a lot of the stuff that Fauci had told us about masks and other things were just absolutely uh, nuts. You know, he lied to us in the beginning or, you know, at least he says he lied to us. It actually sounded like he might have got it right when he said that masks are kind of ineffective at first. And then he said that that was a lie and told us to wear masks. And <laughs> then he said, wear two masks. <laughs> but now we're starting to see uh, studies come out. This is uh, from City Journal talking about this Cochrane study where they came through and they said, hey, look, uh, this stuff, it was just uh, not effective in the conclusions. They said uh, uh, that the surgical masks and the even the uh, 
uh, those N95 masks, they said, just weren't very effective uh, in dealing with this whole thing. So um, anyways, so that, that brings us so to, to climate, right? Because climate has a lot of the similar alarmism going on here. And uh, so it's like, where do you get your data from, right? I mean, who do we trust? And, you know, we see people on both sides of this kind of scratching their head. Uh, here's an article that you can, uh, that I, I linked to from Heartland actually. And it was, uh, uh, you know, why we need an independent global climate temperature base. Uh, uh, so I thought that was kind of interesting, but you know, there's people on the other side too, who are, are saying, Hey, you know, some of the numbers we're hearing aren't always the best either. Um, and no, but the, the crazy thing is no one will talk about it. And it's funny. Heartland was one of the few places where I saw that there were debates going on this stuff, but I, I recall when Trump got elected, uh, you know, that was one of the things I actually heard from a few people in the administration is, hey, maybe we should have some public debates on this topic. And it just got shut down uh, right away. So anyways, uh, uh, let me kick this to you guys at this point. Um, wh what do you guys think of this uh, issue? Uh, maybe, Jim, you want to jump in first uh, and talk about your perspectives. You guys have spent a lot of time on this whole climate issue. Yeah, I'm actually curious to hear you guys uh, take two. So I'll, I'll just go very quickly. Um, look, the only place, the story you have up on the screen after Politico is from uh, 2017. Perry calls for climate change debate, says he doesn't know Trump's stance. Uh, Trump's stance on uh, on the climate was that we did need debate, as it turns out. Um, one of the first big things that Donald Trump did was remove us from the so-called Paris Climate Agreement, in which yes. uh, in which... In fact, the president of the Heartland Institute at the time, Joe Bass, was invited to sit in the Rose Garden while he made that announcement. That's how um, key Heartland's communications on this uh, had in the thinking of the of the then Trump White House on this topic. And so he took us out of the Paris Climate Agreement um, because he realized and recognized that it is it actually had nothing to do with the climate. Uh, the Paris Climate Agreement had had everything to do with the redistrib redistribution of wealth from wealthy Western countries to uh, less wealthy non-Western countries. Uh, and that it, it, and then even if the Paris Accord would work, um, you know, it wasn't actually going to affect the global temperature at all. Uh, if everybody, uh, if everybody followed to the letter, the limits on our energy production, the, the Paris Climate Accords laid out, it would not affect the global temperature at all. We can't affect the weather by stop, by uh, swapping out our SUVs for electric vehicles, uh, but especially because China and India and other emerging economies like Brazil were not uh, adherents to this. China is building two new coal plants a week. We are shutting down coal plants all over this country and replacing them with nothing or unreliable wind and solar. So it's a basically the Paris Climate Accord, which, of course, the Biden administration put us right back in, is an economic uh, a death cult. That's what that is, because it's going to it's going to make uh, our economies weaker. And what do you know, a weaker economy, you know, makes somehow it always seems to make the population easier to control because they become more dependent on government for their own survival. Uh, so that's really what this was. That's why Trump got us out of it. Uh, and we're back in it again because the Biden administration, frankly, is with the uh, with, with the globalists. I don't want to sound too conspiratorial, but is with the agenda of the United Nations and other and the, the World Economic Forum and all of them that we have to reorder 
uh, our society and we have to rethink capitalism um, by basically destroying it uh, for the good of humanity. But actually all it is, all it really turns out is for the good of them and for the ruling class. It gives them more power and gives you less uh, economic power and less individual liberty. But we know, I mean, we know that the central planners, whatever they touch, always turns to misery and dealing with data will be no different. So they, so whatever misinformation, whatever narrative that they want to put out, they will use data, quote unquote, to spread the message, whether it's message of fear, message of global warming, message of whatever. They always dare to do something, but there's something is always about control, about taking away our liberties. And look at look at what happened during COVID. Jason Rose COVID. Look at what happened with COVID. Okay, Fauci and company were spreading their wonderful message. Oh, we gotta wear masks. Oh, we gotta be locked down. They locked down the schools based upon their data. Up to this day, they cannot produce a single case or or anywhere a great a number of cases where a kid actually spread spread some sort of uh, COVID disease to, to a teacher. But they shut down the schools. Our kids have suffered because of this. But this is what happens when the government, the central planners, touch stuff. It, whether, it's, whether it's data about climate change, whether it's data about COVID, whether it's data about, about um, the effects of, of fossil fuels, it does not matter. They have a narrative in mind. And their narrative is always at the end is about our control, about the control of the voting public and about controlling what we think, what we do and where we live and how we function in our society, in a society that is supposed to be founded on freedom and liberty. We have a real problem here. And when the government is controlling and dispensing data, we have a real big problem. We really do. Yeah, the the answer, no matter what the problem, the answer is always the same. Isn't that funny? Every <laughs> every problem has the same solution. Collectivism and your freedom goes away. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> Tim, were you trying to jump in on this one, or um, maybe my um, uh, what did Jim call those uh, the the group the cult cult climate cult cultists cult friends. Maybe when they are forced from either energy being too expensive for them to afford to run their air conditioner in Sacramento during the summer, or they um, they just don't even have it available. They have rolling shut, you know, blackouts and so on and so forth. And so they're suffering in the sweltering heat of Sacramento in the summer, in the middle of July or August. Um, maybe then they're going to maybe rethink. Maybe. Nah, nah. Never mind. It'll be too late, Tim. It'll be too late. Like if you think about the 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 Biden administration actually is now ramping up and and shortening the deadlines for their transition to all electric uh, vehicles, for instance. Um, If you if you think about, you know, we had blackouts in uh, dangerous blackouts that killed people in Texas just what was a year ago. Uh, And that was not with all of these vehicles being replaced by plug in EVs. Uh, And so if you were to uh, I think the he want. The new mandate they just put in, it would mean by like 2025 or 2029, in other words, very soon, 69% of all new cars would have to be electric, that you wouldn't be able to buy a regular you know, Honda Accord that has gasoline-powered engine in it anymore. If you wanted a new one, you would have to get an electric vehicle. Our grid right now, if and if we were to build 
uh, if we were to double our nuclear capabilities for energy production in this country tomorrow, if we could just snap our fingers, that's not how it works. But it's just to say you could do that. Our grid could not handle all the plug-in cars that we have. So you have to wonder to yourself, they must know this. I mean, they may be evil because they want to take away your freedom, but they're not stupid. They can actually read charts and understand that we don't, we will not have the energy capacity to handle all of these plug-in vehicles. So then what do you have to conclude? They don't care. And in fact, the, you know, not having the power capability to plug in all those electric vehicles is the point. That's the, that's the policy goal. Uh, they don't want you to have your own personal vehicle, period. Because if you were to if you were if you were to implement a policy to get as many people out of their own personal transportation as possible, what policy would you implement? This one. This is the policy you would implement because we can't not only can people not afford it because electric vehicles are very, very expensive, but we don't have the grid capacity for all of these vehicles. So if you wanted to get everybody out of the personal transportation and personal transportation is one of the most common expressions of your individual liberty and your autonomy, you can go where you want, when you want, without asking permission or waiting for a bus or a train or cramming into things like that. If you wanted to to stop that as being something that's part of everybody's life as a free individual in, in a supposedly free country, this is exactly the policy you would implement and you would accelerate it as the Biden administration is doing. So it's not about you, saving the planet or anything like that. It's about getting you out of your car for good. Jim, I think you give some of those guys too much credit, you know, as far as actually understanding what's going on, because, you know, it's funny that to a large degree for the rest of the country, this is a virtue signal. I mean, for California, they've at least altered their grid so that this is a a bigger mix, I guess, of clean energy. But for the rest of the country, it's largely fossil fuel on the on the grid. So if they switch to electric cars, all they're doing is just, you know, uh, masking, I guess, the fossil footprint of the car but they're not actually uh, getting rid of the fossil footprint. So it's uh, it, it just seems kind of uh, a little bit crazy. But then in California, where they have altered their grid, there's not enough electricity of that type. So then, you know, we, we just had last summer where, uh, yeah, I, I believe it was last summer, um, where they told people, hey, it's great that you guys are all getting on those electric cars, but we're short on electricity, so don't charge your car today. Exactly, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and that's the, lunacy. that's the lunacy of their policies, right? They want us to go to this, and Jimmy, you're right. They want us to go to electric cars, but they don't, at, at certain points in time, you're not going to be able to even charge electric car, okay? So you're right. They, they, they probably have some intent of getting us out of our personal transportation. But this is where we go again. Government controlling narratives, controlling data to produce, and data, I put that in quotes, by the way, to produce a society where we are less free. That's what's going on. Well, if it's if it's going that direction, then isn't there a downside they can see for the government itself? And if uh, they're going to impoverish the entire economy of the United States and reduce the uh, GDP appropriately or, you know, as, as part of that whole impoverishment, uh, then won't that trickle up to the government to where they no longer I mean, I know they don't mind deficit spending and just print the money. I get that. Uh, and maybe that's their long term goal uh, is just keep printing, keep printing and and all that. But uh, if there's no wealth anymore, very little, it's it's diminished from their lack of fossil fuels, which are tied to wealth. It's, you know, and it's the only way we can have uh, wealth moving forward is with fossil fuels, folks. Sorry to burst your electric bubble, but um, 
if that's the case, uh, you know, don't they see a downside for government itself? I know, I know, all, all the people at the top are still their extremely huge uh, energy uh, dependent mansions. I get that. The White House is still going to continue, and you know, they'll just have just as many servants and and uh, and uh, uh, armed guards as as ever before. I get that, but. Is, don't they see any downside whatsoever, any unintended consequences? Jim, what do you think? <laughs> wow. Uh, it, get, I, I would like for you to name me some examples where leftists grabbing power ever anticipated any unintended consequences or were actually even held accountable for them. And the answer is actually zero. Uh, exactly. The exactly. the. Yeah, but you know, the left is always is endlessly and romantically speaking of revolution. Well, if we keep going down this road, they're going to get that revolution, but I don't think it's going to be the one they anticipated. Uh, <laughs> the um, you know, this is this is societal crumbling stuff <coughs> that we are experiencing happening right now, and you know. If you, you, I'm sure you guys have talked about the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab on your show in the past. If you haven't, I'd be happy to come back. We could do three hours on it. It'd be great. <laughs> but we'll so, take you up on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we will. I think we will. <laughs> but he says, you know, you will eat the bugs, right? You know, we have to stop uh, agriculture and, and the raising of beef cattle and and uh, and pork and all of that. And uh, everybody should just be transitioning to eating bugs uh, as protein. Uh, do you think Bill Gates, when he flies on his private jet to Davos, is eating bugs? I don't. And do you think in the future, if they actually get their way and a good portion of our regular protein in the grocery store is replaced by, you know, ground up bugs that's made to kind of taste like hamburger if you put enough spices in it do you think those guys are going to be buying that or are they going to be importing their wagyu beef from somewhere else that you can't get it uh i think the latter and that's the way it always works um when you when you slide into when, when they, they take everybody else's freedom away but they are so selfishly and they're keeping it for themselves uh you know i just hope that as a society we wake up that when people realize that um, I don't know if you guys know uh, Anna uh, Kasparian from the Young Turks. Yeah. Yes, a, I, uh, I just yeah. saw that interview. <laughs> a couple, yeah, a couple, of, a couple of her. Uh, she's starting to get, uh, as they say, she's starting to get a little bit red pilled. Maybe it's only pink pilled. Uh, but you know, she complained on the sh on her own show on on Young Turks about how her condo association was charging everybody in the building to build these uh, electric plugins for their for their vehicles, and she's like. Uh, that's crazy. I can't afford that. You know, and then so the, the results of some of these policies are starting to hit her in her own face. And so like literally 20 minutes ago, she was all for this. But as soon as it affects her life, she's all against it and says, this is crazy. We don't need to do this. This is this is impossible. People won't be able to afford this and that. And I, I even I can't afford it. Um, I just so I'm praying that that will start happening to enough people that we're able to to reverse it and that these people that are in power, whether elected or otherwise, are removed and that we start moving back toward a liberty based society. Uh, and but a key to that is is popping the bubble of climate alarmism, uh, because that is really it is from climate alarmism, which is completely uh, everywhere. It is it is the it is conventional wisdom. Our media lies about what the data actually shows. It elevates every extreme weather event as if it's our fault and it's not. Um, but if you look at the data, you can see that extreme weather is actually not on the rise. But our you would never know that uh, speaking, you know, if you if you consumed our, our corrupt corporate media. So you need to go out there and find this information for yourself. And one place to do that is at the Heartland Institute at heartland.org. 
Well, you know, and, and and you know the the thing about the the the, the alarmist cult that is going on out there, they always find nice words to use like clean energy, as if you could have such a thing. Even look at the, the windmills. We have a bunch of windmills out there supposed to be giving us all this clean energy, and they're killing a bunch of birds. You know, and everybody knows this, but you know, oh, that's we we can't mitigate that, so it, it's okay. The solar panels are, are frying birds, also. It's mm -hmm. okay. That's okay because we have clean energy. And this is the madness that's going on here. That's the central planners are taking part in this little conspiracy to get us to this clean energy at a cost of our liberties and our freedom. So that's what's going on. God help us. Yeah, and ch and children in Africa are um, basically slave labor in Africa, mining elements like cobalt that is in that Tesla battery in, in the Tesla you just paid $70,000 for. Um, the hands of little children who are exploited to to get that cobalt out of the ground is part of what you purchased. Um, and But you're not told that by anybody unless you listen to podcasts like this and you understand these things. Those solar right. panels are made by slave Uyghur labor in China. And then imported back to the United States. We don't have the we don't have the mining capability. We don't have the manufacturing capability to transition to green energy here in the United States. Even if you wanted to do it relatively morally by not exploiting children or slaves to make all of this energy, uh, we don't have the cap capability to do it. So this transition is going to be on the backs of children and slaves. Mm -hmm. That's immoral. And we yes. and we and and then again. We don't, it's not justified. Carbon dioxide emitted by humans is not causing a climate catastrophe. We are not going to have the city of Miami uh, under seven feet of water by the end of the century. It's not going to happen. It's not. And uh, the, that's what the data shows, historic data and current data. Yet you're never going to get any of that information from your mainstream corrupt corporate media. Indeed. Well, the crazy thing is, is that all everything is, if especially if you understand economics at all, everything is trade-offs, and sure, you know, certainly engineering people understand this too, and and the idea that uh, you know, in, unless somebody like Anna Kasparian is forced to put skin in the game, they just don't understand those trade-offs as long as they're coming from somebody else. <laughs> yeah, but uh, well, that, that, that's, that's one. That's one of the great things the the climate left has been able to pull off is they've been able to talk about green energy as if there are no trade-offs whatsoever as if it's right. all positives and no negatives. So just as a start, highlighting the actual trade-offs, because there's, as you said, Jason, there's trade-offs in everything in life. There's always a trade-off. Talking about the, the destructive trade-offs of wind power to birds and bats and the ecosystem that way. Think about how much land you need for solar, for solar farms. What does that do to the, for instance, the, the ecosystem of the giant tortoise the, in the desert? Yeah, they don't care. They never talk about it. It's never brought up. And so that's why it's important to at least start the conversation by letting by making them forcing them to face up to the truth of the trade-offs of their so-called uh, green energy utopia. And there's even a bigger problem. I mean, besides the the, the obvious environmental impact of, of wind and solar, there's even a bigger problem. Wind and solar, the energy density of wind and solar is far less than fossil fuels. So the the, the amount of land use and and that you will need to make up to make up um, to make up the, the the amount of energy that that fossil fuels can produce is going to be enormous. So think about the environmental impact as they try to make up. And this is an engineering fact. We're not talking politics here. This is an engineering fact. And so the amount of land use that they will need to make up that difference in order to get the amount of energy they need to even for us a small city like maybe the one I live in to to provide us with the sufficient energy will be humongous. 
And nobody talks about that, that low energy problem, that low density problem. Nobody speaks about it. I, I don't see that anywhere in the press. But I'm well aware of it. I used to work in the field, quite, quite frankly. Oh, sure. You, you would need you would need to cover land the size of the state of California, where you guys are, to with windmills to uh, to to match the energy output that is necessary uh, to to go full green the way they say. So again, what is their intent? Their intent is not actually to replace the energy that we use. Their intent is to have us use a lot less energy because energy is freedom. Energy is commerce. Energy is wealth. Uh, and so they're not interested in us having freedom, wealth, and commerce. They're interested in the opposite. Indeed. Well, yes, Indeed. And, and trade-offs, trade-offs, trade-offs. And that's the uh, crazy thing is that they just want to throw the kitchen sink at everything. So even <laughs> if you do think this is a serious problem, the bottom line is you still got to weigh it against other problems. And uh, uh, But, you know, this is funny, too, because we're talking about um, – you know, sort of what we're going to do with all of this energy that we don't have, this green energy that we don't have, yet we do have fossils. Well, Biden's done a pretty good job of sort of shutting down um, a lot of our fossil fuels. And uh, maybe I could bring up a visual again, James. So, uh, uh, so on this uh, one, this is an article from the Heartland Institute where it uh, talks about American suppression of fossil fuels as a national disaster. And we're, we're kind of seeing this with respect to the uh, strategic oil reserve. Um, they're literally uh, go, going in and just draining that reserve. And I, I'm not sure if this was the one I had the visual on of the uh, chart, but um, let me see here if I can find that. Uh, I think that this is it right here. Uh, so it just shows you the, uh, the the crude levels, how they've shrunk in the uh, strategic oil reserve under Biden. Uh, we were over 600 million, I believe that is, uh, uh, barrels. Um, and now it shrank to about 370. And we're going into another election season now. And you know, it looks like we're still going to uh, be hitting those high gas prices. So I, I imagine Biden is just going to keep on draining this reserve um, as he goes around the world trying to get other countries to pump more more oil. Now, this is after he shut down all these permits and other things like that, uh, killed the Keystone Pipeline. That was his very first act in, in office that would have uh, essentially set us as our energy independence, I guess you'd say, uh, um, for this region anyways. Uh, obviously, that's coming from Canada. But um, just the idea, and, and it's funny too, because Canada, we think of as a fairly progressive country, and even they knew that they needed to make sure that they could tap those, <laughs> those tar sand reserves that they had up there. Uh, but, you know, Biden wanted to virtue signal, and then he goes around the world shaking hands with the worst people in the world, uh, trying to get their oil while he shuts down our oil. And, you know, he's uh, talking to, you know, Venezuela, where they've got a dictator who has them on the Maduro diet, you know, which is uh, essentially telling you to eat rabbits <laughs> grow your own rabbits and eat them because they're out of food there so i you know just all kinds of crazy stuff what do you guys think about this <laughs> well you know you could always you could always come to the left to come up with some crazy idea you could you could always come to them you know it's amazing you know the the, the biden administration and company and all all their all their leftist friends they think global warming and 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 is such a, a big problem. Climate change in particular is such a big problem. And we got to transition to fossil fuels. That's their, that's their narrative. But apparently, they only care about that here in America because a barrel of oil pumped here in America, it ain't gonna make, is, is, is no different from a barrel of oil 
pumped anywhere in the world because we are talking about the world and we're talking about climate change, which is going to affect the world. So what, so what could you conclude when Biden is trying to shut down fossil fuel production here in the United States, but he don't mind, he don't mind it being pumped someplace else in the world? I mean, some people could even call this stuff racist. Some people could call this that this is American imperialism, if you're really going to go by their own narrative. This is the this disgusting thing about the left. The, as long as they could push their narrative, as long as they could control us as a society, they don't care how they get there because their end result is to control how we live, how we think, and what we do, and how we function in society. They don't care about the logic or the lack of logic in their policies because all of this is about control and about their power to control us. That's what this is about. Who, who do you think uh, gets oil out of the ground cleaner and in a more environmentally responsible way? The United States or Venezuela? The United States or Russia? The United States or Saudi Arabia? Of course, the answer is the United States. So if yes. you were interested in, um, even if, again, give give them all the benefit of the doubt. If, if you were, if, if, if Joe Biden is saying we still need oil because we have to transition, he even said it, I think, the other day, we got, we, we're going to need oil for another 10 years. If that was right. the case and he was actually genuine about that, where would you want that oil pumped? It'd be in the United States. We forget, oh my gosh, as long, as far back as the end of the Trump administration, which was what, two and a half years ago, we were a net energy exporter for right. the first time in any of our lifetimes. We're all old enough to remember the, the uh, oil price shocks of the 1970s. Yes. And the idea that the United States could be energy independent was considered a pipe dream. Trump administration policies made that happen in three years. And so it wasn't even that long ago that, that, that we were able to be energy independent, but we've thrown all of that away. Um, the, the, the Biden administration has thrown all of that away. And the result is actually a dirtier environment than as if we were doing it ourselves. We should be exporting uh, liquid, liquefied natural gas to Europe right now. Uh, we, could be the, we could be the supplier of natural gas to Europe instead of Russia. But we threw all that away. These are yes. choices. These are policy choices, and they matter. And if you care about the environment, you would actually want more U.S. energy production, not less. And we're, and we're shutting it all down. Yeah. Good point. I, I still just want my liberal friends that voted for Biden to lead from the front and shut off their entire electricity to their house for certain lengths of time during the day and let the refrigerator just kind of let don't open that door because, <clears throat> you know, you don't want to let that cold air out and then uh, lead from the front and show me how it's done. And I, I want them to to get through the summer without ever using their air conditioning and the winter without ever using their heat. Lead from the front, people. Show me how it's done, okay? Because if you, unless you do, I'm just gonna think you're a hypocrite. Oh, geez, we use, you use the H word, Tim. You should be asking, and, and similarly along those lines, we should ask John Kerry, who is uh, um, Biden's, um, is, 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 is climate czar, whatever the hell he calls him. Ask him to give up his private jet also. We should, we should ask that too. 
No, he was asked about that. And he said, no, I need it. I need it because we need to, I need to be there in person to, to, to uh, negotiate all of these world changing climate agreements. And we can't, it's like, Hey, can you do that over zoom? No, 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 no. We can't do that over zoom. (laughs) Uh, It's it's just, it's just like Lori Lightfoot shutting down the barbers during COVID and then said, Hey, but I got to look good. (laughs) We're going to keep the barber open for me, but uh, (laughs) Well, Nancy I got Pelosi getting her hair blown out, you know. Remember, they gotta you gotta open the saloon just for me. You know, you can yeah. know you can know you can know how crazy these these people are, these climate alarmists. You can know how crazy they are. You know who their spokesperson was for quite a while? Greta Thornburg mm. or Thornburg or whatever the hell you pronounce her name. Thunberg. She was Thunberg. <laughs> yeah, a sixteen-year-old kid, a sixteen-year-old kid who probably don't even know. Her backside from her elbow was one of their spokespersons. Could you imagine that? That's how crazy these people are. Yeah. Well, if somebody really voted these people in, I want the voters themselves. I want the little people to lead from the front and show me how it's done. That's that's. I I understand that the the big wigs. They're always. It's always going to be whatever they need, and they'll get whatever they need. They'll get their jets and their hairstylist. I get it. But I want the voters that voted for them. Those people is, are who I really want to see lead from the front and show me how it's done. Yeah. Well, I, I tell you, you know, when we talk about the, the, the trade-offs, too, with these people, I mean, the idea that we are getting our oil from, uh, you know, Biden's going hat in hand to people who are lined up against us, literally, in a, a war footing that he's put us in. So <laughs> this is kind of crazy. And, and that kind of brings us to our knucklehead noise patrol here as we get close to the end of the show, where um, on The View the other day, uh, Sonny Hostin uh, suggested that Chinese uh, internment of Muslims is not as bad as, uh, um, I guess, as, as blacks have it, she says, here in the United States. Uh, saying that they're putting so many black people in jail here. Um, but it, it kind of goes to show you sort of the the weird view that goes on in some of these uh, leftist minds uh, of, of what's happening. And James, could you bring up the visual on that or the video rather that we have for this? Uh, um, that we had a video clip of this. ...to be taken. They want us to fight for their freedoms. And so it is shameful. It is disturbing. And uh, our hearts go out to uh, the, those the trans community as they are under attack right now. But so uh, yeah, uh, so anyways, yeah, yeah, we did have a, a clip, but <laughs> I'm not sure if we're going to be able to get it up. Uh, but anyways, uh, uh, Sunny Hawson essentially saying that uh, uh, she felt like this was the uh, you know that that people who are literally being put in slave labor, as uh, Jim mentioned earlier, uh, over in China to send us solar panels. <laughs> <laughs> other things like that um you know somehow that they they don't have it that bad you know that somehow uh you know we're doing uh, a worse job on human rights here in this uh country and you know it, it's funny because you know i mean we can see that you know things are getting better despite what liberals say um or i shouldn't say liberals lefties is what <laughs> the, the, you know, i should really call them um but you know i mean things are getting better uh in this country um and it's just uh absolutely nuts to assume that somehow countries that are literally engaged in in uh in genocide almost, okay yeah in, in an, genocide. an ethnic cleansing a genocide you know yes. is somehow doing a better job than us and we're going there to you know essentially get our stuff from them as well you know our, 
we're, we're asking, you know, people aligned with them to get our oil and our energy from, you know, even though, you know, we've had uh, people come and tell us, hey, look, you know, this stuff is happening. And, you know, it's just horrifying, you know, the stuff that is uh, happening to some of these people just grabbed right off the street and thrown in internment camps uh, to be slave labor. It's just crazy. What do you guys think about that? I'll just start, uh, if, if you don't mind, because I, I've railed against this uh, in the past where the United States uh, per capita incarcerated more people than any other country for quite a while, including China. And so and most of those for victimless crimes related to the drug, the, the so-called war on drugs, but which, by the way, the drugs won, in case you're, in case you're wondering. Um, and uh, but it, and it looks like our, our total amount has, has gone down since then. I don't know how we compare worldwide anymore. Or to say that the, the conditions in, a, in an American prison are worse than the conditions in a Chinese prison is just, you know, just more leftist gobbledygook. Well, it's not, you know, it's not just it's not leftist. It's just not leftist gobbledygook. This, this, this is lunacy. OK. All right. I mean, you're, 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 yeah. you, she's trying to make the point that somebody, I guess the police is just walking around and just throwing black people in jail. Okay, I think that's what she's, yeah. she's kind of saying without, without using those, those, those words. Like somebody, the, the police will see me on the street and say, oh, you look like a good candidate to go to jail right now. As if that is happening mm-hmm. in America today. The fact of the matter is, the reason why we have blacks in prison at disproportionate rates is because we we blacks, if I'm going to use the collective term, commit commit a disproportionate amount of the crime. It's an unfortunate truth. I mean, I don't even like to admit that, but it is true. I can't lie about the data. I'm not like them, you know, the government, you know, the government gonna lie about the data. They're gonna tell you, well, even here is a lie, to be honest, because they look at they look at them, and this here's another thing of the left, you know. They look at the, the disproportionate the, the rate of black incarceration the the, the the um the the rate at which they are in prison and they say well it is mass incarceration now think about the use of that word mass incarceration as if the government is just walking around and throwing blacks in prison so we have this mass incarceration this epidemic of mass incarceration no that's not what's going on okay we have an unfortunate truth to deal with. The fact that blacks commit a disproportionate amount of crime here in the United States is an unfortunate truth. I hate to be saying that myself, but it's true. I can't lie about the data like they do. They love to lie about the data. I'm not going to. Okay. Well, <laughs> I mean, just just one last thing about the, you know, the solar panels being built by slaves in Uyghur slaves in Chinese uh, prison camps, concentration camps. Uh, we are we are importing the, those solar panels to generate energy in lieu of, say, a natural gas uh, generating plant. You know, uh, natural gas plant to generate electricity for towns and communities and all of that stuff. And so we are trading out actually jobs by Americans that is done cleanly for slave labor in China to replace mm-hmm. those to replace that American-made energy. And again, the environmental left, the eco left, is never held to account for for that fact. This is a fact. And you need to, if you're going to advocate for this, you have to own all of it, which includes the immoral way that those things are made and sent to the United States. And they're sent yeah. to they're shipped to the United States, of course, on diesel-powered 
ships. So, you know, the whole thing is a complete scam, but um, it's also immoral and the environmental left needs to own it. We need to make them own it. You're right. Yes. Do, do, Jim, do you think that Anna Kasparian wouldn't uh, mind as long as it's not her skin in the game making those solar panels? <laughs> maybe, maybe. And that's what's, that's actually the irony is like, you know, the people on the left, you know, like to pose as the great, uh, you know, as great humanitarians, as people who care about human rights around the globe. They don't give two craps about the people in China. They don't they just they just close their eyes to it. And, you know, you and I, the people on this podcast and the people who listen to this podcast are well-rounded people who are well-informed about what's going on in the world because we don't just depend on sources like The View or, um, you know, or NBC News or something like that to to get our news. But, you know, a lot of people do. A great majority of people do. I I have members of my family who only consume our corrupt corporate media, and they have no idea of any of the stuff that we're talking about. And we're yes. talking about the truth. We are talking about things that are actually happening in this world. And there is a grand swath of people in this country that are wholly ignorant of this. And if you tell it to them, they won't believe you because they're being brainwashed by a corrupt media that is only pushing one narrative. We didn't used to have media like that in this in this country, but we do now. And even with the rise of social media, what happens when people try to put out the actual truth about what's happening in this country? They're suppressed by, again, the same power structure that is that is peddling propaganda to the masses. Yes. So we have a lot. We have a long. We have, this is a tough fight, guys, and it's going to be a long road. But I'm so glad that we're in it together. Yeah, we go. Yeah. Well, you know, and I can't help but feel it's like a two-minute hate against the deniers, you know, is what we see coming from the uh, left media so much. But, James, maybe you could get the visual up real quick so uh, we can uh, uh, let people know more about Heartland Institute. So do you have any uh, final thoughts real quick, Jim, you want to share with us about uh, Heartland Institute and, uh, you know, uh, what people can get out of that? Yeah, I mean, if you believe in freedom like we do, I mean, you can't be passive about it anymore. I mean, we're we're these are, are pretty dangerous times right now, and I and I I try not to think this negatively. Although I'm usually the 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 resident cynic anywhere anywhere I'm at. You know, you guys are pretty tough to out cynic, but yeah, I think I did pretty well <laughs> on this podcast. But we're this is a this is a real fight. It's a it's a it's a worthy fight, and uh, I really do think that we're 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 approaching a bit of a, a precipice here that we may never be able to, to scramble back up on. So if you want to learn more about, um, you know, what's really happening out there, especially on energy and environment policy, definitely visit heartland.org um, and, and, and listen to this podcast and see if, if YouTube maybe brings up some suggestions for other podcasts to, to think about and, and, and consume those and, and talk about the importance of Liberty inform people who are ignorant about what's really happening in the world. And, you know, one by one, we may have uh, enough influence to turn this around. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Just keep in mind too, if you're out there listening, it's usually the people who are trying to suppress the information that are the bad guys. (laughs) So anyways, uh, but uh, thanks again so much for joining us today, Jim. It was great having you on and to our audience. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, until the next time, stay tuned and stay free. Yes, indeed. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, always. Thank you for listening to the Knuckleheads of Liberty podcast. Find us on Facebook, Rumble, YouTube, your favorite podcast network, and at knuckleheadsofliberty.com.